in our business, I think that there's opportunity everywhere. It's about improving the things that are right in front of you. Our leaders above us are grooming us to be that next generation to move our career field forward. You can really do anything in this Air Force. This is the Fire Dog Podcast. Welcome, my name's Matt Wilson. I'm joined with Ben Perry, and thank you for joining us for episode three of the Fire Dog Podcast. Our guest today is joining us from Nellis Air Force Base Fire Department in Las Vegas, Nevada. He's a deputy fire chief, the author of the book, My Rich Uncle, An Informal Guide to Maximizing Your Enlistment, and he was recently selected as one of the Air Force's 12 Outstanding Airmen for 2019. Please welcome Senior Master Sergeant A.J. Keel. Welcome, A.J. Hey, thanks, guys. What's up? Not much. Great to have you, man. Yeah, man, it's awesome to be here. You know, I listened to uh, your your very first episode, the intro episode, and then the one with uh, Master and Barlow, man, and he just killed it. So when you guys asked me to come on here, I knew I uh, I had big shoes to fill. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, you know, you and I met each other here at Ramstein about four years ago. You came down from Spangdalem to give a briefing. I think it was on the 16 Firefighter Life Safety Initiatives. Uh, I don't know if you right. remember this. It was my first day there at Ramstein Fire. <laughs> and all I remember asking you is, hey, sir, where's the bathroom? <laughs> That's awesome. Because I didn't, I didn't know yet. You know, it was my first day. So that was, that was my first impression of you. Um, I'm glad we've been able to stay connected here uh, years later and over many topics. So uh, I'm just so thrilled that you could be on the show here with us today. Man, that's awesome, Ben. I do remember that. And, uh, you know, the 16 Life Safety Initiative is something I'd love to talk about more later, but, uh, you know, just so important. So the fact that we got to go down there uh, to Ramstein and, and uh, provide that Courage to Be Safe seminar to you guys was huge. And I did not know that was your first day, but I think that's kind of funny now in hindsight that I met you on day one and that we've stayed connected this whole time. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, AJ, I don't know you, but it's great to meet you. I, I did run into you one time when I was in Alaska. You came down to, or came up, I guess, to give us a presentation on the on the SharePoint. Uh, but, you know, we right, just talked right. about that. Yeah, so. But anyways, congratulations for uh, being selected as one of the 12 Outstanding Airmen in 2019. Such a credible, incredible accomplishment. Um, but before we get into that, we'd like to start with your background. Uh, tell us about your current role, your background, and some of your thoughts on leadership. Cool. Thanks, man. Um, you know, I, I love to start with just the fact that, uh, you know, when we look at Chief Wright, I always find it fascinating that he's a, he's a freaking dental technician, you know what I mean? And, and so when I think about that and when I talk to folks um, around the country about, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from. And for me, I came from a single wide trailer in California. Uh, my mom was a single mom and, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. I mean, I was hanging out with the bad crowds, you know, we were, we were doing bad things. And, and just the fact that I can come into the Air Force and not only have all these opportunities, but then, you know, be around people like you guys where I take advantage of those opportunities, put, you know, teams around me and then to be selected as something like that. I always just look back and, and, you know, I just find it crazy, man, that you can really do anything in this Air Force. And I don't know another organization that has anything close to it, man. Um, so, you know, kind of peeling it back, I, uh, I joined in 2003. Um, under the old time and time and grade time and service system, right. Where, uh, you were kind of getting promoted if you were kind of hanging out long enough. Um, don't get me wrong. There were some awesome, awesome, uh, guys that were, you know, especially at the chief level. But I just remember thinking like, man, the promotion system's a little, uh, a little weird. Um, but I started at, uh, Ramstein, I believe it or not. So I was over there. Ramstein chief Giles was the fire chief. And we had, uh, our deputy was actually, uh, at the time, Senior Master Sergeant Rudy Gonzalez, a lot of people know know him. He's over in Korea now. 
And, uh, you know, so I had great leadership right from the beginning. And I think that that was the difference for me is right in the beginning, my first supervisor, uh, Matt McNabb, who is, uh, he's a lieutenant down at Oklahoma City Fire Department now. He was, you know, holding me to high standards, man, right in the beginning. Um, right in the beginning saying, hey, man, if you want, you know, you want good markings on your appraisal, you got to do this, this and this and teaching me about that. I don't have to accept anything as it is. And it doesn't matter if I'm an A1C that if something doesn't look right or if, if I, we don't like the way the tools and equipment is on the trucks, that we can make changes. Even at a young, young age, I was told, hey, don't accept the status quo. And uh, so moving forward in my career, I feel like that's been a huge advantage for me. Um, so from Ramstein, I went over to Nellis where I had a good time, did a lot of fire prevention stuff. Um, from there, went over to Okinawa, uh, Kadena under Chief Moore, Chief Chris Moore, and uh, Hendo. If you guys don't know, Senior Master Sergeant Richard Henderson, who's now also in Korea, I believe. He was awesome. Uh, so more great leadership, just you know, constant raising of the standards at Kadena. Unfortunately, we had that incident with Cause, which you know is is near and dear to my heart, and a lot of those out there that remember that. Um, and then I made my way back to Spengdalem, so back in Germany again. Uh, where I, you know, got a chance to do, you know, every position in the fire department. And, um, and then now here I am back at Nellis again, which was just straight up chance, man. I had orders to Kunsan, um, and, and they got canceled. So here I am at Nellis. I'm the deputy fire chief here. And, uh, my role is pretty much just to take care of all my firefighters. We have 89 of them. Um, and we got four fire stations here. And, uh, you know, if you, for the listeners out there that don't know, Nellis is a beast, man. We have, we have the red flags and the green flags and the pink flags and everything in between. Um, it's just, it's chaos out here. So if you ever want to know about what, you know, what type of aircraft are in our inventory, come to Nellis. So that's where I'm at. And here I am hanging out 17 years later. Hey, AJ, appreciate you sharing that story with us about your background. I just wanted to bring up, you brought up Derek Kozarowski. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, today is February 11th. We're recording on February 11th and it was what, nine years ago. Yeah. That to the day. Yeah. Yep. So. Were you there for that? Yeah, you know, um, yeah, I was. And it's crazy that you bring that up. I actually have a presentation tomorrow where it's in the script, you know, because it's it's so important that we not only remember uh, Kazarowski, um, but also that we we learn from, you know, you know, the what kind of happened, you know, um, I was there. I was at a going away actually just down the street. Um, the folks on on duty uh, that day. When we arrived, uh, Cause had already been boarded and whatnot. And um, for those of you that don't know, he was backing in a, a P-23 um, and, you know, put himself in between the truck and the, uh, we had these big concrete barriers there that would like help withstand typhoons. And, um, you know, he was trying to get the attention of the driver there on the side mirror, the driver's side mirror. Um, and, you know, it just, just, it was just an accident, you know, and, and the driver, young, uh, young 18 year old driver, um, one of his first times behind the wheel of, you know, 70 something thousand pound truck, uh, you know, turned the wheel and, and just went the wrong way, man, and pinned cause. And, uh, I'll tell you what though, man, that really changed not just that department, uh, but it changed the way I look at safety. And that's why I'm heavily involved with the national fallen firefighters foundation as the uh, DOD advocate. Um, but it, it's changed my outlook on, you know, what's important. We always preach programs and, and, you know, got to get this done, got to get that done. But man, you lose a firefighter, you lose a brother or a sister. It's like, dude, things change, man. So yeah, thanks for bringing that up. It was nine years ago. And for those of you that are listening out there, um, that were real close to that, you know, hats off to them. Cause, uh, you know, 
Um, we have a big brotherhood from Kadena that went through that whole thing and we're all real, real tight to this day. Yeah, I've, I've uh, had the pleasure of meeting a number of your your Kadena mafia um, <laughs> that kind of, you know, grew out of that incident and, and you know, before and after. And uh, a lot of you guys, strong influences uh, in my career uh, in one way or another. You know, you and I have uh, kind of talked through CPI and, and a number of other topics and, uh, you know. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you got, I mean, uh, you know, that Kadena Mafia, and it's funny that we steal the Mafia. Chief JT's gonna gonna love that we're stealing his phrase that uh, he and uh, he and Chief Donan and Chief Kimo and Chief Smith all have. But yeah, it's the, I guess, the next generation Mafia, and a lot of it does stem from Kadena, you're right. Well, you know, we, we all kind of have our own little internal cliques, and not, not in a bad way, but our own circles that we that we grow over time, and it's important to pull people from other circles in when we can, but you know, it's important to have a good group of friends around you um, as you grow up. And sometimes that's born of opportunity. Sometimes it's born of tragedy, Right. Um, but you know, whatever the, the case may be, it's important that we form those bonds and that we d- keep them over time. Oh, so important, Ben, I, like, especially in the fire service, you know, I know leadership always talks about you know, um, hey, you know, don't don't burn bridges and you're going to see the people again. And man, it could be more true in our career field. Right. I mean, I, I swear I see. I mean, look at Matt right now. We were just talking and we're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Up in Jay Bear, you know, gave the presentation on the SharePoint. And I mean, man, it's so important that we create a real strong network because at the end of the day, um, you know, our leaders above us are grooming us to be that next generation to move our career field forward. You know, and we have to take that very personal. I'll say I didn't realize it until just recently how important it was that to not burn bridges and to develop relationships and to foster those relationships. Because, man, like you said, five years go down the road. Next thing you know, you're my fire chief or you're my deputy fire chief or whatever the case, you know, or I'm working for somebody that I once worked for before. So you have to be careful to maintain those relationships. Man, it's so true, especially, you know, what I see a lot now with the new promotion system and the way things are, it's crazy where you'll have a, a young NCO, you'll have a staff sergeant say, and then he's, um, you know, and that senior airman, they, you know, 15 years pass. And then that senior airman is now the deputy. And then that staff sergeant is now, you know, one of the bat chiefs. And you're like, oh, wait, how'd that happen? So hopefully they, ha- they had a good relationship before. Hey, you know, we're talking about networking. We're talking about circles and growth. Uh, one of the ways that you've kind of gotten outside your circle, your your comfort zone, is writing a book. The title of the book is My Rich Uncle, An Informal Guide to Maximizing Your Enlistment. Uh, tell yeah. us what it's about. What motivated you to write it? Yeah, thanks, man. You know, I know it's funny because the story is a little weird. I, I went into military clothing, which as you guys probably know, how they have books there, right? That's kind of like where the military book section is. It's in the clothing store. So I went in there looking for a good book. And I remember picking up the book called Airman's Guide. And I'm like, you know, I'm, a, uh, I think I was a staff sergeant, maybe a tech sergeant. And I, I pick it up and I start thumbing through it. I bought the book, but then I quickly realized I was like, man, people, I, I think people at the grassroots level, we don't talk like this. You know what I mean? Like it was very, it was very like, I don't want to use the word air force, but it was very you know, it was just like almost political it was like a text, in a way. textbook, you know? Yeah. And it was like, I was like bored. I was like what I used to fall asleep, you know, but I, I knew I wanted to know more about what the air force can offer me. So I was like, you know what? I could write a book. And, um, 
And that's where it took off. And to be honest with you, man, it took over three years because I would only write when I was on leave. Like say we're on a family cruise or I'm, you know, on vacation somewhere. That's when I wrote this and it would just be generated from, you know, discussions that I would have with smart people and they'd bring up say, um, yeah, you know, not a lot of people know how to use their finances because we don't get paid that much. And I thought, oh, well, I'll put it in the book, you know, or yeah, man, not a lot of people know how to take permissive TDYs. Oh, well, I'll look in 3003 and put it in the book. And uh, slowly but surely, this hodgepodge of information just came together. And um, I was very fortunate because for the first year that I published it, I self-published. Um, and I was selling quite a bit and giving away a lot. But I knew in order to get it really, really going and get in A fees and whatnot, I would have to find a publisher. So I started reaching out. And I think it was the third or fourth publisher that does military books. They're, they're called Savas Beatty LLC. And they picked me up and they believed in it. And... Um, they took it on and now it's been, it's been just crazy successful. Yeah. So I'm really happy about it. So what's your favorite topic in the book? If you could highlight one section, what kind of section would you pull out and tell our listeners about? Well, one thing I want the listeners to know, this is, it's not your typical, uh, it's not your typical you know, military book. It really isn't. I, I would say it's like 70, 70% about life, right? So I really love the stuff that I learned from different books and I put into this one, um, specifically on time management, prioritizing our time. Uh, that's so important, especially I feel like 10 years ago, I didn't get hardly any emails and now I'm getting like a couple hundred a day. I mean, it's just brutal. So, you know, managing time is just so much more important. Um, the finance piece. And then also, you know, just the relationship piece, how to develop and cultivate uh, real strong relationships. Um, you know, I know it's cliche, I always say it, but your network is your net worth. And I really think that in the book, I kind of talk about exactly how to create that network, um, specifically what to do. And I've got a lot of feedback that people are using those particular uh, pieces of advice and it's really helped them in their own life. Hey, AJ, you're on the shelves of AFES yet? I know you just mentioned that. Man, so AVs is rough. They're rough on me. I will say that the Air Force Academy just bought like 100 copies uh, last week. Um, that'll be out at the National Character Leadership Symposium. But AFIs, I am a vendor with AFIs. So I, I was offered to go out to Lackland and, and you know, the, kind of the target audiences, those young, uh, those young troops that are first coming in. So I am a vendor with AFIs. I got all that done. But man, to get into military clothing, I'm telling you what, it is complicated. Uh, well, it's a pretty small shelf. Oh my gosh. I, you know, that was the overall dream, but I don't know, maybe the, I don't know. It, it's very difficult. My publisher and the, um, their team, they're working on it. Uh, so I'm hoping to be in AP soon, but while we're waiting on that, we have the audio book coming out. I know a lot of people like to listen to the podcast like this. Um, so we do have an audio book, my buddy, David Levine, he's got like a, a Morgan Freeman type voice and he's doing the audio book right now. Do you plan on writing another book? Uh, people ask me that, you know, I don't know. Uh, right now, I'm just trying to be a good deputy fire chief and not, you know, spread myself out too thin. Um, I'm focused on being a good advocate for the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation and, um, you know, uh, doing this 12OAY stuff um, kind of takes some time too. So I don't want to, I don't want to spread it out too much, but I don't know if people want another book, maybe I, I don't, wouldn't even know what to write on. You know, I felt like the only thing I know in life is firefighting and air force. And so I wrote a book on that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I was going to talk, I was going to ask you on the life safety initiatives. What exactly did you, do you do for that foundation or that committee that you're part of? I know that you said you're an advocate for the air force. 
Yeah, yeah. So for for actually the DOD, so Mike Robertson, some of you guys out there probably know who he is. He was at the schoolhouse for a long time. Um, he is the military heritage director, and he kind of, when they went out to Okinawa from the cause tragedy, he kind of brought a few of us on board. So uh, Rob Jarvis is actually another advocate. Um, another guy, Brennan Cornett, who uh, just recently got out, was another advocate. And we're trying to, what we would like is to have advocates, you know, all over the place so they could just teach courage to be safe. Um, but as of right now, what I'm doing specifically is I'm trying, I'm going through train the trainer courses for uh, leadership, accountability, courage to be safe, stress first aid. I'm, I'm basically training others so that they can continue this message, uh, to their fellow firefighters. And the idea here is, is that the 16 life safety initiatives that were developed in 2004, that if we just kind of align our SOPs with those 16 life safety initiatives, then hopefully that will um, that will make it to where we have less line of duty deaths because obviously our goal is zero. Whether or not we actually get to that, who knows? Um, but we want zero line of duty deaths in the fire service because, like I said earlier, if you go through something like that, it's just it's just totally tragic, man. And and if we can prevent it by making us healthier, for instance, or prevent it by reducing times of complacency um, or increasing technologies that are safer, then I think we should do those things. AJ, as we segue back into the book here, I wanted to just ask you, is there anything in the book that you think could apply outside the military community? You know, the title of the book is Maximizing Your Enlistment. Do you think that there's some nuggets in here that our civilian firefighter force could pull out and apply in their daily lives or our retirees could maybe pull out and implement in their daily lives? Yeah, a great question. You know, um, obviously you got the front of the cover is Uncle Sam with some gold chains and whatnot, and he's flashing the the, the top three ranks of the Air Force. So I, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't directed towards Air Force. But what's kind of cool about it is I think it's for anyone who even wants to join. I think there's a lot of things that I wish I knew as a young airman in there. Um, I think it's for people who are already in and are tr on their own journey. I think it's for people who used to be in. So I think there's some things, uh, some nostalgic moments in there when we talk about like uh, Course 15 and reflective belts and whatnot. And I, I feel like they would enjoy it as well. And then for civilians, um, like I said earlier, I feel like a, mass, a vast majority of it is just about us as human beings, you know? How do we manage our time? How do we manage our finances? Uh, things like that, um, ways that I've found to be successful with my time, I put in there, and I, I think that's applicable to everybody. So, yeah. Well, you clearly know what you're doing, uh, and you've maximized your enlistment, we can all tell, because just recently you were named as one of the 2019 12 Outstanding Airmen of the Year. So, time has come. Please tell us about that, your journey that got you there, Yeah, and uh, what advice can you give to others that would like to replicate your success? Hey, thanks for the question. First of all, I'll tell you right now, I can, I can easily make a list of like 200 people that I know that are uh, much more deserving than I am of, of that kind of recognition. I, I mean, everyone who has been in a little bit knows that a lot of this has to do with timing. Um, a lot of this has to do with opportunities. Obviously you have to take advantage of those opportunities, but Man, I would be, I'd be crazy to sit here and tell you that I'm even one of the top 12 in our career field, let alone the Air Force, 100%. I mean, it's, it's crazy. The amount of smart people that I know that have made me uh, successful, honestly, like literally done things that um, I'm a part of, but I'm may, maybe not the mastermind behind. Uh, there's just so many people. So I do want to start with that. I, I, don't, I honestly don't feel like I even deserve it, if I'm being honest with you, because, you know, I'm, I'm a wreck too. You know what I mean? Like I, I think the difference between me and a lot of people though, is I just, 
I have so much passion about what I'm doing that I just go all out, right? And I think that that coupled with opportunity, working for the right people at the right time has maybe led me to that. So um, yeah, it, it's crazy, man. It's totally humbling. I never thought in a million years, I didn't even, I don't even know if I knew what 12OAY was when I was like a young, even a young NCO. I mean, I, I don't even think I knew what it was. But uh, I think it started, guys, with, um, it started with in the coffee shop in 2015, uh, then Colonel Hernandez, who was the MSG group commander at Spangdalem Air Base, he came up and he's like, hey, AJ, uh, you know, I know you went through Greenbelt. And uh, Marty, who was then the innovation guy at Spangdalem, he goes, Marty says that you that you were like totally stoked about this CPI stuff. And I'm like, yes, sir. You know, uh, I thought it was awesome. It was everything that I feel like I've been thinking and a lot of others are thinking about maybe some of the processes that are jacked up and, you know, I thought it gave real good reason to fix things. And he goes, hey, man, well, Marty has to leave. Um, what do you think about coming and taking over that position? It's a master sergeant position. I was a tech at the time. Um, and I said, well, uh, geez, I got to go talk to my chief. So I go over to Chief Master Sergeant Tim Randolph, who was my fire chief at McDonald. And I tell him about what's going on. And I'll tell you, man, I've met a lot of great leaders, but uh, Tim Randolph is... Um, I mean, he's amazing, right? Like he, he will literally let you fly. That wasn't the only time he's let me, he's let me kind of spread my wings. Um, and when he allowed me to do that, I went into the unknown. I went into this position called the innovation and transformation office manager or whatnot. And I was working, um, directly for the wing and group commander. And my job was to basically incorporate continuous process improvement into, you know, the whole base. And how we started was we knew we wanted to do something high impact. So we immediately started tackling the vehicle registration process because it was a big pain in the ass for everybody. Um, everybody was going to register their vehicles and sit there for like four hours. And so we, we used those CPI principles to basically reduce the wait times, right? Um, it's all about the customer. So we did that. And then that just was a catalyst for what ended up becoming 26 different events that I was able to help facilitate um, as a green belt and then as a black belt, uh, which are kind of the levels of uh, CPI. And um, I think that was big because at the time, it was the Secretary of the Air Force um, Honorable uh, Heather Wilson was saying, uh, yeah, you know, innovation, innovation. That's when we started hearing that word, right? And it was just everywhere. And I just happened to be in that position when that word was being dropped like at every meeting. Um, so now I became kind of the face of process improvement at Spangdalem. Well, they had a, you know, we had so much success together, not just me, but I mean, honestly, over 200 people easy um, that I was, I ended up being named the uh, General Spencer, Inno basically like the Innovator of the Year Air Force Level Award. And they sent me to D.C. I got to go to the AFA conference and get a taste of all that and just meet all of our highest leadership. It was incredible, man. Um, and then that kind of rolled into the next year when I went back into the fire department as the assistant fire chief. We had another great year with a great team at Spangdalem. Uh, then I came over to Nellis as the deputy chief. So now, you know, I'm back in the career field for say a year and a half, two years and ended up, uh, somehow, um, thanks, big thanks to chief JT and the crew at Nellis, you know, helping me write that stuff. But basically, you know, they put the innovation stuff in there too. Right. So now I have a, a senior fire officer package where it has a lot of fire department stuff, but then it also has fire department and process improvement stuff. So then I ended up winning DOD fire officer of the year somehow. And so you could see where that just kind of snowballed. And that's how I ended up winning 12OAY is because I had those other things in there that were um, different, right? I tell everybody, everybody in the fire service, if you're out there, if you're having appraisal, 
you know, you have to look in the mirror and like identify what's making you and your team different. You know, what, what, like, what thing is a pain in the ass and you're fixing it? You know, what, what's something completely off the wall? Like even this podcast, like you guys are literally doing an enterprise wide podcast right now. How freaking cool and unique is that, you know? And I think that that's the difference maker, man. Um, I think if your EPR looks different than everyone else's, then, uh, you'll, I think that's where I, I saw my success with the 12 Y stuff. So you're saying the CPI is probably the biggest contributor to, to your 12 OAY? I would say so, man. I would say, I would say that the CPI, the continuous process improvement was the biggest uh, reason that I was even um, able to get to the point where I had a worthy package to be submitted for 12 OAY. Also keep in mind, what's crazy is again, going back to chief JT, who is, you know, I, I keep referring to him cause I was his deputy here at Nellis at the time. Uh, we looked and it was funny because he goes, Hey man, um, you know, there's, I don't know. There, there was only like, it was, so if you don't know, it's, it's senior NCO of the year. It's not right. It's a squadron level award that just ends up. If you keep going higher, it can turn into 12 watt sending airman of the year. Well, we weren't even going to submit anything. We had just submitted, um, we just submitted our other guy, a uh, master sergeant, um, for, I think we submitted him for fire officer and we submitted him for something else. He's just killing it. Right. Um, shout out to uh, master Sergeant Jesse Marshall out there. Who's holding it down in Tyndall. Um, he's doing great. We submitted him for some stuff and we were done, man. And then JT was like, he's like, Hey, go ahead and push, push the package. And it was literally within like an hour. We submitted this thing. It ended up winning at the squadron. And then that's when we started taking our time on it with all the great uh, senior NCOs at the squadron here at Nellis. They all took their time to help me. Uh, and that's when it became something. So yeah, it, it was kind of random. My kind of mantra in life lately has been focused around timing, opportunity, and preparation. Mm. Sounds like you really, you know, had the timing right, uh, kind of right place, right time with getting into the CPI office, uh, transitioning back to the career field right at the right time, you know, moving to Nellis. The opportunity was then developed uh, through meeting Chief Thompson and, you know, putting senior master on and you kind of just snowballed from there with the opportunity and the preparation. So that's the part I want to ask you about. So the timing and the opportunity, you know, you don't have much control over mm-hmm. the things that you had control over was preparation. Uh, kind of what did you do slash what would you suggest others do to kind of work towards preparation um, at every tier? Right. And we're not talking just about senior NCOs. Uh, and we're also including our civilians here. Uh, you know, what can they do to prepare themselves to harness these timing and opportunity buckets that will just sometimes pour down on us? And if we're not prepared, it's just going to be all for naught. Yeah, no, great point, Ben. Um, man, great question. I, so I would say for me, and again, I can only talk for AJ, but I think for me it was it was personal growth. So that happened through reading. Um, and then, and then, you know, making sure I was focusing on impact, which is one of the lessons of leadership that I always love to, um, talk about. And that is like, Hey, so at the end of the day, you could be busy, man. You could just be like working your ass off all day. You literally got the beads of sweat coming down, but you might come home and you'd be like, what did I, you know, like, what did I actually do? Right. And so I knew I needed to change that. So it started with, um, you know, figuring out my outlook and making sure that I wasn't spending time on all these like rudimentary tasks of, you know, low hanging fruit. And I was getting our, I was getting our base hits, but I was also thinking about home runs. And I think that that all begins with reading. Uh, I've noticed that I think about things a little differently because of the types of books I read. 
we often, if we're not reading, if we're not getting outside of our functional silo, I feel like we get caught in the status quo. So I, I read books like, uh, there's a new one called Rework. It's a great one for those of you out there, you should read Rework. And it's all about like, it, the funny thing about Rework, so get this, so talking about strategy. And it was like, yeah, so you're, you're about to develop a strategic plan, a 10-year plan, huh? And so I'm reading it and he goes, you know that that's a strategic guess, right? That's not a strategic plan. Like you have no clue what's going to go on. And you're just, you start thinking about, well, yeah, we just kind of do things and then they sit on the shelf and collect dust. Um, so how do we, you know, like, what are we doing? So I think my mindset just changed to where I knew I can kind of look think, look at things through a different lens. So when those opportunities came that you're speaking about, I was able to look at it from a lens of um, thinking bigger. And that's kind of where SharePoint came in. You know, my I'm telling you guys, my biggest fear is I just don't want to leave the career field and like... Uh, like Senior Master on Jordan Boyd, who taught me this one, where it's like my hand is in a, a bucket of water. And then he would describe, you know, your hand leaves the bucket of water. And it's like, dude, you weren't even there. And I think if I keep playing that over in my head, then hopefully I can make a difference that impacts the lives of all the all these great men and women in, uh, in Air Force Fire, you know. And I kind of describe that to some folks as, you know, let's not focus so much on the Excel spreadsheets and the Outlook calendars and the and the pump testing. I mean, these are all important things that we got to get done, but it's it goes back to people and connections because that's what we're going to be telling stories about mm-hmm. 20, 30 years from now is the people. Yeah, It's not about the pump testing or the Excel spreadsheet. No, it's so true, man. It really is about the people. I think the preparation that you can do right now is honestly find find books and read. So you need motivation and knowledge, right? So motivation, uh, there's a book by Stephen Pressfield called uh, The War of Art. It's not the art of war, it's the war of art. I mention it in my book as well, because that's what kind of got me through. I knew that in order to be competitive, for instance, I knew that I, I have to do education. I knew that. I didn't want to. School sucks. I didn't like school. You probably, and who likes school? I mean, maybe some things, but I just didn't like it. And reading that book, put me in perspective where I knew I had to, I had to dominate school. Right. And so there was the motivation piece. And then reading also got me the knowledge piece because it taught me to look at things against whatever we've always been doing. And I've noticed that not a lot of people are doing that. We really do just kind of get sucked into things. Um, there was a chief that told me recently, he was like, you know, we were talking about asking why to everything. And one of the things he was talking about was host testing. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's an NFP requirement. Got it. He's like, but why do we, why do we do host testing? And so naturally, as somebody who, you know, I came up in the same time, I'm like, uh, because you got to test the hose, right? Make sure it's not, you know, but he's like, yeah, but wasn't that established when it was like single jacket, you know, I mean, are, are the hose now any different? What's the failure rate over the last five years? And so we did a real, we did a big case analysis on hose testing on whether or not everyone's even doing it the same way, which by the way, no, um, whether and how many are failing over a five-year period. And it came out to like 4.3 or something sections were failing over the last five years. But then we were ordering just a bunch. So the, so now we had a huge inventory that we had to test every year, but like hardly any were failing. It was just crazy, you know, just if you really just start looking into things and asking why in our business, I think that there's opportunity everywhere, man. Now that we've talked about, you know, your 12 Outstanding Airmen Award, I want to bring up senior airman Alan Starks. I know he was another fire winner. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit about him or maybe you could put it in a good word and he can come and talk to us about that. Yeah, for sure. So airman Starks, man, first of all, that guy, he's awesome. Um, 
he, uh, you know, I kind of have a bias uh, for him because he's a fellow author, right? If you didn't know, he actually authored a few uh, finance books. Um, He's just one of those guys that I think he's seen success because of some of the same reasons where I think he just looks at things differently. When um, In my time that I've got to spend with Starks now, I've noticed that not only is he just mature, but he takes a lot of pride in kind of knowing his business and, um, and kind of growing where he was planted. You know, that kind of old adage, um, I think is the perfect assessment of him as a young senior airman. They say, Hey Starks, you got this, this, and this, and he just dominated those, those things. Right. Um, it's not rocket science, you know, if it's just about caring, it's about deeply caring about what you do. And, uh, Starks, uh, definitely, um, he he's all about that. He cares deeply about what we do, and very. If you talk to his uh, leadership, if you talk to like uh, Master Sergeant, uh, Jimmy Welch, Master Sergeant Owens down there, um, if you talk to the folks down there at uh, at uh, JB Andrews, Andrews, yeah, he you know they're just they love that guy because everything that everything as a senior, I mean, he's just he's on top of it. So I loved I love seeing another badge too. That was insane, right? I don't think that's ever happened. Yeah, that's awesome. Hopefully we can get him on and talk to him about it. Yeah, two 1208 Y firefighters in one year is pretty, pretty unheard of. Yeah, it was wild, man. And, you know, we made everyone know that that was a thing, too. Like, we we uh, we took shots. Um, I think w- there was something. We were at a breakfast or something, and Chief Wright was talking to us. And, uh, and yeah, it was, it was known that there were two badges in the room. It was kind of funny because, I mean, it, I don't know if it'll ever happen again. Brother, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for sharing your experiences with us. You know, listeners, you can find AJ's book, My Rich Uncle, An Informal Guide to Maximizing Your Enlistment on Amazon.com. AJ, I want to invite you. Do you have any last parting shots for the listeners today? Yeah, thanks. I actually do because I don't know of another opportunity, you know what I mean, where you have uh, so many people around the world that are going to be listening to this thanks to thanks to the work you guys are doing. But I just want to tell people out there that um, CPI is important. I know that innovation is like the most liberally used word in the world, but it's not about innovation. It's about improving the things that are right in front of you, you know. And um, and I also want to kind of advocate again for the 16 LSIs. If, if, if anyone out there wants to get involved with that, I would love to help them out. Um, my email, uh, or you can, you can find me on the global and, um, or just Andrew Keel at Hotmail. It's easy. Email me. It's, um, I want to be there to help if you guys are interested in making our, our career field safer, whether that's new technologies or whatnot, because honestly, man, in five, 10 years or whatever, we might be in a position where we're, we're helping, uh, shape our enterprise. And, um, and to me, it's just all about making sure that we meet the community expectations and that we're safe doing so. Cause I just don't want to see uh, somebody else die, um, due to something that maybe we can prevent, you know? Hey, AJ, man, it was really a pleasure speaking with you today. And uh, thanks so much for coming on. We really do appreciate it. I know a lot of people are going to be interested in what you have to say, being that you were a uh, 12 outstanding airmen in 2019. That's pretty awesome. So best of luck with your future endeavors. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for having me on. And uh, hopefully, hopefully people enjoyed the thing. Thanks to you guys, though. Keep doing this, man. Have have everyone on this podcast because I know I'll be tuned in and I know many others will. You guys are doing really important work. Hey, that'll do it for us here on this episode of the Fire Dog Podcast. You can find more content just like this regularly posted on our Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Fire Dog Podcast. That is facebook.com forward slash the Fire D-A-W-G Podcast. Please like and subscribe and don't forget to rate this episode wherever you listen to your podcast. This is Ben Perry with my co-host Matt Wilson and our guest AJ Keel. Until next time, stay safe. <laughs>